RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. It's Tuesday morning. That means Tech Tuesday here at RCR. Stephen Sykes joins me from Christchurch. And how are you doing after the election, Stephen? Um, well, not entirely <laughs> deflated, but, you know, it's kind of, I think the result is kind of what I personally expected it might be. Yeah. I see there were a few network tech issues for the electoral people in the day. Did you hear about those? Things dropped I, out? I did hear about those, yeah. Probably because this is one of the most important elections um, I can think of. That shouldn't really happen, should it? Well, it depends. Um, it depends if some people were trying to, I don't know, make a mockery of things or try and um, uh, attack systems or maybe it's just a whole lot simpler than that and it just wasn't just wasn't done right. Just yeah, because wasn't built to scale. Anything scale. That- Anything that looks dodgy in this space will be um, seized upon by many people. Oh, yeah, when there's an opportunity. And they'll say, hey, this isn't right. What's going on? This is suspicious. Yeah. Okay. Is what it is, though. It's probably just, um, you know, the rubber band got stretched too far, right? Yeah, or maybe they didn't forgot to feed the hamster or they needed a (laughs) spare hamster in the hamster wheel. Yeah. Yeah, they, they let the um, the spare hamster go in the last uh, round of redundancies or something. Okay, so we're into some topics shortly, but um, let's check the mailbag. What do you got in there? So um, got a got a little handful of of of, uh, of items of feedback. Um, yep, this one from Alan was quite good. He uh, quotes Einstein and said. The intuitive mind is the sacred gift. The rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I get that. Yep, I, yep that uh, resonates with me as well. Um, this one from Dave, he says, I have many email uh, addresses, aliases, and service providers. For all my major providers, I have a canary. I tell no one of this address and never send an email from it. Recently, one of my canaries became active with several marriage proposals from beautiful Russian women, <laughs> all of which I, of course, accepted or being a trusting sort of guy. An active canary proves an email provider has been compromised, which is why I've been saying for a long time to have different email aliases for different things you sign up to just in case um, you get unwarranted marriage proposals or other things. Well, that lays lays it bare, doesn't it? Yeah, real-world yeah. example. Canaries, I like it, canaries, down the mine. Yep, that's that, exactly that's it. Canary. Yep. Okay, any more? Yes, um, somebody else said that was uh, they love the educational content and to keep it up, so I'm doing my best here. Um, somebody has asked about the list of alternative sand pits and so get out your Tonka toys and your Fun Ho toys if you ever had those as a kid. I did. Yeah, me too. Um, tough buggers, those things. Um, they lasted. They lasted. They, I've still got mine. You still play with them? No, I knew you were going to ask me that. No, uh, no, I don't. Got a sand um, pit? Okay. <laughs> I could make one. Yeah, of course you could, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, we, someone wrote in to say that um, 
the discussion on LED lights and health that uh, Dr. Joseph McCullough has published an article in his newsletter on the subject. And the articles go be, uh, behind a paywall after a couple of days. When I when I uh, visited the link, and thanks for that, Matt, um, it encouraged me to sign up for the newsletter. So I went, yeah, nah, and went around it and downloaded the video and the PDF. Okay. Without, Without having up. to sign up. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I just disabled certain parts of the web page from working and then it let me in. Yeah, but um, you know how to do that. Sometimes it's not having the answers straight away, but it's having the um, critical thinking to think, well, how could I get around this? Because people in, in my field, as I'm sure they'll all agree, not everyone has answers, but the tricky bit is actually coming up with the answers. Yeah. That's 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 the tricky bit. Which which brain is that? Which is that the rational mind or the or the um which part of Einstein's head is that? Uh, I don't know. It might be somewhere in the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All uh, right. And and um he uh and and this uh, article that uh, uh, Dr. McCullough has um talks many times about the risk of EMF. Um, no mention in the paper of um on EMF with re, re, around LED lights, but the video that does is on his website does talk about it. He has an interview, um, and uh, Matt says that I've talked about the blue light hazard and the the uh, significant risk around it, um, which is mentioned in the video, and concludes or finish off his item of feedback by saying there is enough there to make me want to buy incandescence. And if you heard me okay. say a few yeah. weeks ago, uh, mighty ten. Um, somebody there said they were getting rid of them in a few months. So if you uh, want to, if you can't afford um, gold and silver, buy some incandescent bulbs. That might be the next thing you can use to trade with. Yeah, because they'll probably all be gone soon, right? Yeah, they'll just stop making them. Yeah. There must be a warehouse full of millions of them somewhere. Yeah, and they'll probably just well, if you know, um, people keep buying LED ones, and they've got no reason to buy to keep manufacturing incandescents. As sad as that is. Yeah. Okay. Until they find that there's actually something up with the uh, LEDs, and it'll be like, hey, hey, yeah, they'll yeah. make a Oops. comeback like vinyl. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it will. Might have to go through two decades worth of LEDs before the go. Yeah, maybe we should have not done that. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> Back up the track. Okay, news items. So um, a couple of months ago, it was revealed uh, that thousands of Android devices come with an unkillable backdoor pre-installed. So these are around Android device devices, which people typically might have attached to their TV is something that they can do live streaming with. Um probably tablets as well. Um, and this is more around the El Cheapo stuff, not things that you might buy from uh, reputable brands. So the, the nature of these um, Android TV boxes with these back doors, um, it typically um, came uh, labeled as T95, but that's not always the case because the um, supply chain sort of got uh, infiltrated um, and they've been nicknamed the Swiss Army Knife of doing bad things on the internet. Oh, okay. Uh, 
So yeah, there's claims there's around 20 million of these uh, kind of devices around the world. Um, the front end company um, behind it ended up getting discovered and investigated in China. Um, they could have up to 2 million of these devices online at any one time. And they kind of um, work like sleeper cells. They just sit there and don't do anything until they get um, instructions from home base. Wow. Okay. So given that these um, TV boxes tend to have microphones and maybe cameras in them, so they're basically a privacy nightmare. So you might want to, you know, if you've got something El Cheapo, um, maybe from Amazon or even AliExpress, if it's not a reputable brand, then you might want to take a good hard look at the, um, at that and maybe consider not using it. So, okay, unkillable, so you can't, like, you know, you, you're talking means, about de-googling things. That would mean that you can't yeah. de, de, de it. That that's what you'd have to do. Um, if you tried to factory reset the thing, it wouldn't get rid of the malware. It would still be there. Right. Okay. And when when uh, this was discovered, it was like a real time uh, hack and response from the from the bad guys trying to circumvent the the shutdown of their of their network. Um, so these boxes are still out there. Um, they've even discovered one in a museum somewhere in Europe, oh. possibly for one of those information TVs that you see up in, in places, Yep, yep. Um, things like that. So, yeah, if you've got something a bit cheap, um, okay. you might want to get something a bit better. Um, so, so they make the device just a spy. Is that, is that the point of the device? No, it's it's more that somewhere between being made and hitting yep. the resale, uh, reseller. Oh, okay. There's yep. an infiltration there somewhere, at, and that's when the devices get modified. Right. And how many did you say? How many devices? Twenty million out there? Did you say? Yes, that's yeah. Twenty million um, with about two million online at any point in time. And they're looking. Whoever can tap into that is looking for data that they can exploit obviously. yep yep like passwords and um credit card yep. numbers and yeah so and if you, so if you so like forth. yeah exactly so if you like you know use one to um uh connect to some streaming service and you need to you know and you decide to sign up on the on the device oh yeah then, you know you can scrape that kind of data passwords as well um that's an easy one so is that a lesson to always buy an established brand Pretty much, um, buy you know, buy a name that you recognise and and hope that it and really hope. is. You hope that it's the genuine article, and then it's not something that's been uh, rebadged. Oh dear, boy, um, that's a lot to think about. Okay, um, and it's possible some of those devices are here in this country. I guess it oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so all around, were, eh? Yeah, all around. Uh, so people bought them from you know online stores and old school brick and mortar shops as well. So, um, yeah. and you think you've got a great deal? Yeah, you think? Um, yeah, cheap and nasty. I think's the phrase. Yeah. Okay. You're probably only saving a bit though, aren't you? In the end. Well, it's until people start to realise 
the value of their personal information, yeah, they might start making serious choices. Well, I've got nothing to hide, Stephen, so I've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, you do. And you know it. <laughs> You're just toying with me. Well, that's what people say. Yeah, they do. And I've heard plenty of people say that, you know, like they believe it. Yeah, yeah. That's... Oh, they couldn't. There's nothing. I'm not, I've got nothing to hide, you know. Well, people who say that to you, go and, go and um, point them at May 9th, uh, um, Tech Tuesday. Okay, I'll send them the link. Send them the link and uh, and then ask them to get back to you afterwards and see if their attitudes are still the same. I remember you talking about the right to repair in a previous program. Is there some news on that? Yeah, so um, California has approved um, the nation's strongest right to repair law, um, which is fantastic because previously you weren't allowed to fix stuff. You were you were not allowed to period, um, which is clearly bad for the consumer um, because if something breaks and you're not allowed to fix it, um, then you might be over a barrel and then you just have to um, go buy another one. When you say not allowed to fix it, you won't find anyone who will fix it. Well, um, a little bit of that and it's like you're not legally allowed to fix it, which means that it could be difficult to find um, spare parts. Yeah, um, okay. and, and and the right kind of tools to take things apart in the first place, um, and in in some ways they, um, when it was illegal, well not legal, but uh, frowned upon strongly to repair things. That's not good for the economy, in some ways. No, be- no, no because no. you're not buying new things, and at the same time, it's also a bit stupid because. A lot of these big tech companies, as everyone knows, has shell companies in places like Ireland. So the tax that they pay, A, is not back into the USA, um, and they don't pay as much tax anyway. So it's kind of like, well, that's silly. Well, I come from an era of repairing your own things. I remember the old man repairing the washing machine a couple of times Yep, and getting it going again. We used to repair our motorcycle and car engines ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, even boring them out and doing all of that. Boy, we were, um, what's the word? Self-sufficient practical. and practical back in the day. Yep. Mind you, the machinery was built in such a way that you could do that. Yes, they were, it was a lot um, easier to service just about anything. Yeah. Um, because, you know, these days a lot of things have a microcontroller in there. So if that goes um, if that goes south then um, and you need a new control board, then you're stuffed. Um, and interestingly, like in New Zealand, um, the Consumer Guarantees Act states that when a supplier or manufacturer ha- has stopped manufacturing a particular model of anything, they must supply parts for at least five years. Right. So if 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 um, it breaks down outside of the um, the warranty, it shouldn't matter so long as you can still get the parts. So all those Falcons and Holdens that aren't made in Australia anymore, and they probably haven't been made for about that period of time, mm. you should, sometime soon, parts are going to run thin. If there's still a market and there's third-party suppliers who you know can remanufacture stuff, maybe under a license if those sorts of things are needed, then um, if if the people want it, then it'll come. 
Otherwise, it's off to the wrecker. Yeah, and hope you can find something because I think the prices of those sorts of things will go up. Well, I think uh, I read recently that Russia were making parts for some of their aircraft undercarriage because the sanctions have stopped them being able to access parts for reconditioning them. So they're starting to build non-certified parts, but only they can only operate them inside Russia. Yeah. Well, when we get on to today's topic later on, sanctions is kind of relate relates very much to the topic at hand about, you know, getting around internet censorship. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah. So um and and all going back to the um right to repair law, it um doesn't um include everything. So it's it's basically more towards computing style devices, general purpose things. So it doesn't include things like gaming consoles because they're um they're not an all purpose computer. They're just made for playing games and that's it. Well but, so well, it's a step in the right direction, but you, still you, should, pay you them. should still yeah, but you should still have the right to repair them. Yeah. But but that doesn't that doesn't come under the um Oh, so the, they have to be worthy. Yeah. So a play a PlayStation or an Xbox or something is not considered a general purpose computer. Right. Okay. So it's um so the um What about a phone? That's that is gen, that's general purpose. In fact, Apple actually support this legislation. Surprisingly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, because those but, charger ports and headphones are forever playing up. Yeah, and and now they've they've finally got around to using USB C on the later phones, which everyone else has been using for a lot longer before they decided to um, catch up. Though it, surely it's everyone's right. If you, if you know, if you've designed and built a product, it's your IP, it's your property. Mm. Maybe you should be allowed to do anything you want with that product. Actually, well, you know, um, this could be a good conversation for another day about how, or well, the bad press that Sony got when um, the PlayStation Three got hacked. Um, there was a a young fellow who accepted the challenge and um, and made it his baby. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, that's, I'm trying to work that out. Well, it 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 got so big um, because he'd previously hacked the um, original iPhone because it was locked to AT and T and he wasn't using AT and T and didn't accept that it'd be locked to a particular phone carrier network. So he said, "Hold my beer." And um, cracked the iPhone. Apple went silent, and um, nothing happened. And then he, this guy, was um, given the challenge of cracking the PS3, and um, cracked that too. And things went Are really, they? things went really bad for Sony. Yeah, they did. That was millions and millions of people, right? Yeah, that's 70, 70 million accounts. Oh, okay. But maybe another day. Maybe another yeah, day. Yeah, no, for another day. Any more news to report? Uh, well, we could uh, talk about briefly the um, uh, Ministry of Social Development data breach, which affected about 500 people. There was an what? email sent from the Papua New Christchurch office. Um, they sent an invitation to a job fair um, happening later in the month. Yep. And this email contained... Um, 
full names of addresses and they were visible um, in the emails um, CC field and the carbon copy field. Yep. Where it should have been in the blind cop- um, carbon copy field. Whoops, someone screwed up there. Yep. Yeah, someone sure did. Um, and then a few minutes later, they sent um, the first of two recall requests by email. Uh, yet again, committing the same oh. mistake. <laughs> and then another one. I wonder if it was the same person. Uh, could have been. Um, yeah, gosh. Poss- possibly in a panic by that point. Poor thing, yeah. So here's another reason to use an email alias. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the canary thing, yeah. Because because if, you know, something like that happens, then you go, okay, well, that email address is now compromised. I'll delete it, and I will give um, Ministry of Social Development a different one, a new one. That's very sensible. I wouldn't like to be the person who made that sort of mistake. That's a called into the office and explained situation that could be uncomfortable. That is very much a brown pants moment. <laughs> okay. Um, do we get on to the subject for today now, which I think is more yes. on censorship? Yep. So a lot of people, I think, by now will be aware that we've got alternatives, for example, to YouTube, right? We've got Odyssey, BitChute, yeah. Rumble, and there's probably others. I so- watch BitChute quite a bit now. Excellent. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. So I mean, yeah. YouTube has been known to delete um, content that they don't like, but we might. Or the government doesn't like. Or the government doesn't like. Um, or the five eyes don't like. Yeah. Yes, we can't possibly having people getting educated now, can we? No. Miss and disinformation. Yes. So... Um, one of the cool things that uh, Cloudfare uh, have done now, Cloudfare are a company who play a really big part of the internet infrastructure. Um, they provide mitigation against DDoS attacks, um, cloud-based cybersecurity, and domain registration. Um, so now they have said they're going to support a thing called ECH or encrypted client hello. Okay. Um, What's that? So it, it's um, part of of their net uh, neutrality policy um, because, you know, they oppose the policing of its customers and free speech grounds, um, except, of course, you know, if somebody's outright breaking the law. Um, they've, they have faced criticism before for not banning hate speech on some websites um, and websites that were allegedly connected to some terrorism groups, but they've basically said that... Um, Cloudfair has maintained that no law enforcement agency has ever asked them to actually discontinue certain services, and it does pay attention to um, a lot of things like this um, and thwarting any monitoring effects. Um, Even browsers um, like Google Chrome, um, Mozilla Firefox, Microsoft Edge have already said, yep, um, we'll implement um, ECH into our browsers as well. Um, for this to actually be a full benefit, websites need to do it as well. So hopefully that'll take longer to happen because there's, you know, billions of websites compared to just a few web browsers. But it um, it begins to shift the whole landscape um, so that things can become more privacy-centric. I mean, we have things like encrypted DNS, and DNS is basically the internet's phone book. So if you want to um, 
to give a simple example, if you want to look up Jane Doe's phone number, you get the phone book and you look up the D, um, to look up the surname, and then you find Doe eventually, and then you find Jane, and then you find Jane's phone number. So DNS is basically the same thing because humans work with words, computers work with numbers. So when you go to your favorite website, realitycheck.radio, then behind the scenes, the DNS system goes, well, what does that name match to? What IP addresses for the computers that are providing that service do I need to talk to? And if things are encrypted, then it is harder to see the uh, traffic going on, which means that if you want to take down certain websites, um, that's really, really hard to do. Because um, if you want to take an, a website off, uh, offline, then you um, poison the DNS record. So if anyone tries to web browse to any particular website, it doesn't work. And nobody knows the IP addresses. No normal person out there does. So if you take away the, the phone book for particular um, websites, then... They're lost forever pretty well, aren't they? Then you're offline. Yeah. And they're about, what, usually about a nine-digit number or something like that? Uh, DNS. No, well, DNS addresses look just like regular IP addresses. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, under the, under the IPv4 specification, you have four sets of numbers all separated by dots. That's right, yeah. And um, corrupting um, or taking websites offline is being one of the ways for various governments to censor and block access to, to websites. So this makes it harder for that to happen, potentially. Yes, yes. Boy, I'm I'm surprises me that the, the big players are signing up for it. Yeah, well, um, at the same time, if, you know, if people don't, if these companies don't do this and people don't like being silenced, then they're just going to walk away and go and use something that is. So that's the market asserting itself in the end. The free I market. think, I think so. I mean, uh, if we if we look at history, as we always should, um, for nearly three years, Turkey blocked access to Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. And the Turkish authorities did that um, to all their language editions through the entire country um, because um, they didn't like where Turkey was described as a sponsor country for the Islamic State and Al-Qaeda. Okay, they, so in other words, supporting terrorism. Yep. Yeah, and the Turkish courts viewed the articles on Wikipedia as public mil- manipulation of mass media. Um, okay, yeah. And then so basically, um, basically a middle finger was raised. And so what happened a thing called the IPFS, which is the Interplanetary File System. Okay. They mirrored they mirrored Wikipedia across multiple sites. So basically Wikipedia then had multiple backups distributed around the world. So then people could go to Wikipedia via um, that route. Okay. And, and other techniques were employed like using VPNs because that basically puts you logically into another country. And so then the authorities have to do a whack-a-mole sort of thing, like try and stop that one and another one pops up there and yep. so on and so forth. That's exactly what it's like. So okay. those sanctions you were talking about with um, parts in, in Russia, it's like, well, 
why bother? Because we can get uh, around them. Yep. Because we can get around them, and we'll we will continue to do so. That's just it, you know it's a cat and mouse game, clearly. But um, uh, there's more of us. Surely, though, um, authorities aren't gonna. Well, they're gonna they're gonna have to find a way to work around that. Can they? Can, is there is there an ability to bust encryption out there? Well, you don't tend to. There's all kinds of types of encryption. Some can be cracked. Um, some can be worked around. And if you can't work around the encryption, then you find the next weakest point. Right. Um, for any particular given system, you should um, always use encryption. It's like because not using encryption is like being in the car without a seatbelt. You wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay, it's like the old days when you could listen into people's cell phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the police and, radio. Yes, exactly. Um, and, yeah. of course, the, the French have been pushing for having web browsers um, filter out content um, before you see it. I think I talked about that last yeah, time. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Arrogant and, thing to do? Yeah, yeah, good luck with that. And of course, if, if you're, you know, someone like a, a, a journalist, um, pertinent government official, um, then spyware has been installed on um, people's phones historically in order in order to learn about what they're doing, which is why having something like a de-Google phone is important because um, they can't push software into your phone remotely. Yeah. You're reminding me, remember that... Um... That hack that I think the Americans or the Israelis did. I think it was the Americans on the Iranian nuclear program, mm. where they um, put malware, I think, into the centrifuges, making the was it plutonium or enriching the uranium, and yep. it oversped them, and they all flew apart. Yes, I, I have a vague memory of that. That, that was too. quite a genius. I mean, you know, dastardly, I suppose. Although it depends on which side you're on, but that was quite a genius thing, and and that shows you what can. What can be done, right? If someone hacks into something, they can really mm. cause chaos. Oh yeah, I mean, the, the strength of you know, there's a whole lot of different um, encryption technologies out there. I mean, if you think about it, the um, uh, was it Bletchley Park? The British broke yep. the yep. Um, the Enigma um, yep. the, with the Enigma, and um, that certainly changed the landscape of the world to come. Well, that that's an interesting point because. You said that they'd find another or the next weakest point, right? If you're mm. trying to hack something, that's exactly what happened there, and that had a lot to do with understanding how the user used the device. That's the right. Patterns of use, the ha habitual patterns of use, and um, that's probably why a lot of it stayed secret for so long because working that out was really something because that that was like getting inside people's minds inside their heads yes there's definitely social engineering going on there yeah the germans are pretty predictable in the end um in their habit of use habitual use of that machine yeah there's um some old um other alternatives that people might want to consider looking at like um particularly with facebook there's um one called WT Social, which was uh, made by Jimmy Wales. I think I mentioned that last time too. It's got about yeah. 450,000 users. It's described as a non-toxic network. It's ad-free. What do you mean non-toxic? How could that be? Well, there are, I mean, I think many people probably know about Gab. 
um, and that has got some flack because um, it has had various people like neo-Nazi um, Nazis on on that system, which you know people will call that toxic. Um, but the, cult- the the question is though, people surely most people are smart enough to be able to discern what is crap. Oh yeah, and what yeah. is not. I mean, they don't automatically flip to somebody's ideology just by Correct. watching a couple of videos or reading a few things, surely. Yeah, surely. Hopefully, yes. But that's how it's known as. It's no. It, it's kind of part of its culture. It's the non-toxic network. Non-toxic. Okay, that sounds I mean, friendly. One one sort of little gotcha is that users can flag stuff as misinformation, which of course could go either way. Um, uh, look, are, are we not over that word? <laughs> uh, Along with disinformation and malinformation now. Yeah. Um, another one is called MeWe, M-E-W-E. That's got uh, tw- about 20 million people in its user base. It's got the usual groups, private chats, tagging new feeds, news feeds and no ads. Um, also doesn't have targeted content or news feed, news feed manipulation algorithms. They publish a privacy bill of rights on their system as well. And it's pretty much like Facebook, but just doesn't have the ads or the privacy issues that go with it. Quite like the name. That's sort of clever. Yeah, MeWe, yeah. Yeah. How, um, do you, how do they fund these things? Well, some of them, um, like, for example, um, Gab, I think you can have shares in. Um, other ones uh, take donations. Um, the Signal Foundation, who um, create Signal, which everyone sort of uses, um, they're a non-profit. So you know how we talked about with the um, censorship that the EU is bringing in, and it only applies if you make certain amounts of money and things like that. Well, if you're non if you're a non-profit, then you've you've got around that. Okay, yeah. Well, because they're threatening income. That's the big stick, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're making this much money, then you need to do this. Like, well, we're a non-profit, so we're not making any. It's been really interesting to watch. I mean, it's been horrific to watch. But the amount of social media content coming out of Middle East now, you know, mm. Hamas and and um, Gaza Strip and Israel, and how that is how that content is being used in the propaganda war. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've even noticed, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but it's it's kind of related. I've even noticed that there are some, you know, um, pieces of footage because the video games are so damn good these days. It's hard to tell of, you know, helicopters being shot down and missiles being fired. And people are saying, no, that's from so-and-so game. That's not even real. Hmm. But I can imagine that a lot of people would think it was real because yes. it's so... The graphics are so hot, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So even that is starting to get to a level where you kind of can't tell the difference. And that's why critical thinking and being able to ask questions in a free and open society where you're not shut down for asking such questions is so um, important. And old bits of footage are repurposed. I'm seeing yes. people saying, oh, that that's from four years ago, and they'll post the um, – Footage. There was a shot, you know, when Maui was burning, allegedly of a 
um, what do they call those laser weapons or something? Yeah. Um, um, and direct energy weapons. And it was like this beam and allegedly it was over Maui, but someone unpicked it and it was actually a shot that was zoomed up, reversed and kind of altered, but it was the same shot. But yeah. to the first, first, if you didn't, weren't aware of the other shot, you'd think it was legit. You know, you've got to be so careful. Yes, you do. Anyway, yeah. I know that's a bit of a tangent, but you know, it's all it's all a bit of a mind game. Yes. So, um, I mean, I mentioned mentioned um, Gab before. Um, they've got about five million users, and of course, they were the platform that basically did a middle finger to um, our dear government when it came to uh, pushing back against their censorship requests. Good on them. Yep, good on them. In fact, that was kind of embarrassing the way that turned out for us. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, you know, the higher ups, you know, you got to give them credit for trying. Although you think they would learn by now, but clearly not. Well, they'll keep trying. They will keep trying, and this is why we need to get into the habits of using decentralized systems that either cannot be taken down or very hard to take down and where you can't be silenced. There's another one called uh, Diaspora, which is, um, they quote themselves as saying, the online social world where you are in control. Based upon three um, key philosophies of decentralization, freedom, and privacy. Um, You can have uh, pods. Um, You can um, um, create a pod and then you could link to other pods that um, that you, what do you consider. Mean pods? What are these pods? Well, like sort of uh, groups, um, like-minded, oh, yep. yeah, like-minded uh, people um, on particular topics. Join a uh, pod. Join a pod. I mean, VFF have pods, so it's the same same sort of okay. Okay. concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then they've got over seven hundred thousand users um, on Diaspora. Um, it's got the usual easy to use interface. You've got messaging, hashtags, chronological news feeds, ad free, things like that. And if you're serious about privacy, this is probably the one to consider. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you want something that's different to Twitter or X, I should say, um, look at Mastodon. It's got a similar look and feel to, um, to X. Came out about 2017, free open source software. Decentralized, very important, and you have about four point four million users on it. Oh, that's a that's a healthy um, user base. It is a big user base. Yeah. We just clarify decentralized again. That's a, a different bits of a what a, a, um, a located on different servers or computers. Is that how that works? In, essentially, yes. So, if you uh, if you had a file and you put it on a server on a computer system in one place that's centralized. It's the only place that go um, where the information is. But if it's decentralized, then it can exist in multiple places. Is that peer-to-peer? Yeah. Well, peer, peer, yes, peer-to-peer means you're getting it from others in the network, not from the central location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a much more efficient method to distribute files because if you wanted to um, – Everyone wanted to download, oh, I don't know. Let me say uh, a football, a football game, yeah. Um, and 
anyone was allowed to do it. Then if you stuck it on one file server and then that file server got hammered by hundreds of thousands of people, it would just go, it would just possibly collapse. Um, right. You'd yeah. have to stream it, but if everyone tried to hit it at once, it would slow down, which reminds me some weeks ago, I put a call out there saying that if anybody wanted me to mansplain something, I would. Um, That's no right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. No one's come back with anything yet. So I think next time we meet, I'm going to mansplain denial of service attack. Oh, yeah. Is that that DDoS thing? DDoS is distributed denial of service. Oh, okay. Which is how you do things these days if you're into taking someone down. This is overloading the website. Is that what that is? In simple terms, yes. But yeah. I'm I'm going to mansplain how how it how it does it. You have to s- sit in a certain position to do the mansplaining, though, don't you? I don't know. Taking what? up as much room in the chair as possible. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, I got a swivel chair as well, so I probably <laughs> could handle that quite nicely. And it's audio, so yeah, that's not going to get us very far. Okay, well, is the office still open to man? Explain anything that people want to have man explain? Yep. Offer is open. Okay. I might try and think of something. Because you have to pitch it in a certain way too, don't you? With a slight bit of know-it-all. Is that what it is? I think so, but uh, I it's a tongue-in-cheek <laughs> thing, but it's basically like if somebody has a, has a concept which, um, despite their best efforts, they haven't been able to understand um, – Maybe I can help, and um, they can walk away going, oh, so that's what that means. The next time I hear that used in a sentence, I'll know exactly what that's talking about. Don't you have to explain it in a way, though, that makes them feel that they're dumb? (laughs) I suppose I could, but uh, that's not the goal here. No, of course not. I'm just thinking about you know the criticisms I've heard of mansplaining. Mansplaining, yeah, yeah. And what it kind of means culturally. Yes, yeah, okay. But you want you're too nice for that. I'll 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 take that. Thanks. Yeah, of course you will. <laughs> anything anything else to mention security wise before we wind um, up for this but one? I've mentioned it a couple of times before, but um in, in terms of, you know, we've got to have a big cultural change away from the centralized systems into areas that um are beneficial for us as people. Yeah. Um without the um Without the the easy to say, easy to say. How is it done? This is the thing. How do you how do you initiate and and push through that sort of cultural change? People have to start caring first, but they have to even have awareness. Well, there's this awareness is pretty low. I know we're trying. Yeah, I was about to say there is this um, radio show you might quite like. It's called Tech Tuesday on RCR. I hear there's some yeah. pretty good content, but I could be biased when I say that. Apparently, the guy on it is always mansplaining. Oh, is he? Oh, it sounds like a tosser. <laughs> Not at all. But yeah, but you get my point. It's so difficult to I make do. a. I yep. mean, look at the election. There's an example. There was plenty to want to change. Hmm. In the end, it wasn't much more than the normal ebb and flow. Yeah, it's it takes a long time to build up critical up mass. Yeah, it takes ages to build up critical mass. But the more, I I think at the same time, there's people who know things are like in the technology space. They know that things are the way they are, 
but they don't know any different. And if yeah. they know that if they know that there are other options, they feel like they've got a choice, and it's and it's different from what they what they know. Sometimes they they do what they do because they feel they don't have a choice. They don't. There's no alternative. Well, I'm telling you, there's plenty of choices. Yep. You're not wrong. We can make it stronger, faster, um, for less than $6 million inflation <laughs> unadjusted for the $6 million man. That was a great deal back in the day. Yeah, it probably would have. Um, the I'd, bionic I'd, man. I know. It was the $6 million man and the bionic woman. Yeah. Well, she would have come in under budget because of all the development done on the guy. You'd, you'd hope so, or, or just <laughs> like 2.0, or maybe they ironed out the bugs. The only trouble is every time he looked at something or tried to lift something, it made a noise that gave away his position. And, and it and it took forever to happen because it was always slow motion. And he was running backwards. Yeah, yeah. That was a good show, though. It was a little bit before my time. Oh, no, I used to really look forward to that one. Hmm. I used to wonder what it was like, though, those two, the bionic man and woman, you know, um, interesting given the strength Yes. You know, there could have been some very passionate uh, moments there. <laughs> Indeed. Like uh, we couldn't relate to. Okay, anything more to talk about before we finish off this Tech uh, Tuesday? No, uh, that's better. The only other couple of things that I've mentioned before is um, consider looking into Quartal and um, and Urbit because they are other systems whereby you cannot be deplatformed um, by design. Yeah, okay. All right, Stephen, we're having a long weekend, so we'll do Tech Tuesday again two Tuesdays from now. Sounds good. I'll see you then. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.